on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm absolutely delighted to have you with us today. Take a look, as I always say, take a look at the self-improvement blog. You'll see our guest's picture there, his bio, a review of his book, and this is somebody that you're going to want to remember. So go to the self-improvement blog. You'll find links there that you're going to want to have, and you'll be just much more tuned in to what we're doing today. Now, we we hear a lot these days about how important it is to love yourself. And the question arises, if you don't love you, how can anyone else? Great question. But what does loving yourself look like? Well, how do you treat somebody else that, that you really love? When you're in love, how do you treat that person? You know, it means taking care of you as much as you want to help take care of them. Um, eat right, get enough rest, exercise, take care of your spirit and your mind, and, oh my, put yourself first sometimes. What do you want to do today? What do you want to, uh, where do you want to go this time? Which TV show do you want to watch, ice skating or football? These are the things that add up, and you should have a turn sometimes. Now, those of us who grew up in the 50s don't know what this means. We were taught to put everybody else first, always. No ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody else came first. We raised a lot of pseudo-martyrs and a lot of unhappy, unfulfilled people who are still dealing with it. What if... I put myself first. Isn't that selfish? It can be, but putting yourself isn't necessarily selfish. It depends on a lot of other things. And we're going to talk about acting in your own self, own best interest today, and a book called Chocolate Peppers that has the tagline, Why Acting in Your Own Self-Interest is Good for You your loved ones, society, and the world. Our guest today and the author of this book is Tab Edwards. He holds a bachelor's degree in accounting from the University of Pittsburgh, an MBA in marketing from the Pennsylvania State University, and currently is a doctoral student in management 
studying corporate strategy at Pace University's Lubin School of Business. He's a business professional with more than 25 years of business and management experience gained in such companies, these little companies like IBM, GE, and Hewlett-Packard. He's the author of five business-related books, and now his latest book, Chocolate Peppers, released in July of last year, talks about acting in your own self-interest. It is such a pleasure to welcome Tab Edwards to the Self-Improvement Show. Tab, welcome. Thank you very much, Irene, and thank you once again for giving me the opportunity to come on to your show. Well, I'm absolutely delighted because you have some things to say that people that listen to my show need to hear. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Tab Edwards? <laughs> it's an interesting question. Uh, oh, if you have an interesting background. <laughs> well, you know, in a nutshell, I like to think that uh, besides being a person uh, that I believe to be an ever-curious person who's from Philadelphia and who also believes that, you know, we create our own fulfillment and our opportunities for being better, I'm basically a person who believes that life is short, people are significant, the fortunate should help the less fortunate. We should always be skeptical. Knowledge is valuable, so we should continue to learn and to cherish your mother. <laughs> so wow, I like that show, last one. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that last one, especially since I have boys. <laughs> and they do. I'm very proud. And that's quite, a, that's quite a nice summary. I think you probably get the all-time prize for you know, saying the most in the fewest Words. I mean, talk about being able to sum it up. That's remarkable. But you do a lot of things. You're doing some public speaking, I understand. Yes, that's correct. Um, You have an independent music company. Tell us about the public speaking and tell us about your music company because that's really interesting. Uh, Yeah, the public speaking. uh, On occasion, I'll get hired to speak at different business seminars to do general uh, engagements for... uh, motivating people, um, getting hired as a motivational speaker to speak at sales, uh, sales conferences and other business conferences, for example. And, you know, I'm often asked uh, frequently to work with people to just help them become better at whatever their pursuit, not only individuals, but uh, corporations and companies as well. Uh, as far as the music goes, I don't really do the music. Uh, you know, I had a music company until about 2006, and uh, at the time, you know, we were doing pretty well. We had an artist who had hit number 10 in Billboard magazine, so an official hit record. Uh, and it just became a little bit too much, so ultimately I got out of the music business. I was wondering how on earth you did all these things and, and still studied for a doctoral degree, because that's rather labor-intensive sometimes. You know, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> you had a magazine called Buzz Magazine. Do you still do that one? No, no, I uh, I hadn't done the Street Buzz magazine uh, in some years before I really got into the music part. You know, I I created the magazine because I saw that there was an opportunity, uh, specifically in the Philadelphia region, to create some kind of forum to give people an opportunity to uh, be heard. Uh, So there was nothing here, and at the time we had tons of talent. A lot of people may be familiar with The Roots who uh, is the uh, house band for a late-night television show. 
Uh, I just saw them. I don't watch late night TV because I'm too old. I can't stay up that late. <laughs> but but I did stay up uh, and saw them. They're very good. Yeah. So you know they were one of the artists who early on we gave some exposure, uh, and several other artists who people now know and are, are household names. Uh, but there was nothing available at the time to give these people any exposure. So I said, hey, not only is there an opportunity to create a forum for these people, but there's also an opportunity to make some money in the process. So I created See, the magazine. And I think, that's, I think that's remarkable, and I think it's important. You saw an opportunity to help somebody and also help yourself, and isn't, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, you know, you know it kind of reminds me of uh, you know, something, and this is a quote that uh, I reference all the time. I think it's even on... Uh, my website or the chocolatepeppers.com website, where John Adams says, hey, it's not from the benevolence of the butcher, the baker, or the brewer that we expect our dinner, but from their own regard to their own self-interest. And, you know, I saw that there was a business opportunity for me to create a magazine, and by me creating a business, which is what the magazine was, that also benefited other people. So by me acting in my own self-interest to create an opportunity to, you know, help put bread on my family's table, uh, it also provided an opportunity for artists to get exposure and to give them further opportunities to make money, to sell records so that they can in turn help their families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I honestly can't think of a job that doesn't benefit somebody else and give you money in your own genes. You know, I... You know, you think of the garbage men when when they went on strike in New York. Remember what happened? Oh, How absolutely. important are they? You know, they're so important. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I honestly, every job benefits somebody else, even if it's you know putting screws in widgets all day. Down the uh, line, I, I it agree. Benefits. I totally agree, and we don't appreciate how much we miss them until that service is no longer available, like trash pickup, for example. Critical. It's a critical service. It really is. You have another thing that I saw on your website called Snap, or Sales Navigator Plus, and I really, I'm not sure I understand this, except that it's management software, I think. Uh, yeah, Sales Navigator Plus. Uh, you know, once again, it's just something, uh, you know, in, in my response to your question, who is Tab Edwards? Uh, one of the things I said is, that, you know, I believe myself to be an ever-curious person. Uh, and what I mean by that is there are so many things that I have an interest in, that I have an interest in learning about, or so many experiences that I've gained over the last so many years uh, that I want to do stuff with. So I saw that there was an opportunity, you know, being in business, I saw there was an opportunity to create a software tool to help salespeople be better at their jobs. And it's a tool that wasn't available on the market. So I created it. And that's what Sales Navigator Plus is. My son's a salesman. I'll have to have him talk to you and see. He's not primarily a salesman, but he's very involved in sales. So, you know, he might be interested. I I didn't want to say anything to him until I knew that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it's free. Anyone can download it and play with it. It has a user's guide. A oh, uh, really helpful tool that's uh, available to anyone who has an interest in being better at selling. We like free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice. Now, you're primarily a businessman, but you've written a book about self-interest. Now, I, I'm not going to ask you why you named this book Chocolate Peppers. You, 
And honestly, and I said this in the review, finding out why you named this book Chocolate Peppers is worth the price of the book. (laughs) It's it's such an interesting sort of off-the-track kind of story. But what inspired you to write a book about self-interest? Oh, wow. Um, You know, believe it or not, I think the impetus for writing the book came from a job I had. I had an international job when I worked at Hewlett-Packard, so I was on a plane a lot internationally. And as much as I've flown over the last 20-plus years, I've never paid too much attention to the flight instructions that the flight attendant would give when you're on a plane. But for some reason, I was on a flight to Germany, I believe, and I listened to the flight instructor, uh, the flight attendant give the instructions. And it just struck me when she said, uh, in the case of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first before helping the people that you're traveling with who may need your assistance. And the first thing I thought of is, wow, that just seems counterintuitive. Um, You know, if I'm traveling with my two kids and there's an emergency and we lose oxygen pressure, my first nurturant instinct is going to be to get their oxygen masks on so they'll be okay. But all the experts would tell me that that's a bad idea because until I can secure myself first and act in my self-interest in that regard, I will be of no use to my kids. Uh, So that just got me thinking, you know, what other things offer that good for me, good for you too uh, type of benefit uh, in addition to putting my oxygen mask on first in the event of an emergency on an airplane, you know, what, what, what about eating chocolate or eating junk food or bungee jumping? I mean, would these activities that someone may elect to engage in because they believe them to be in their self-interest, would they provide benefits somehow to other people? And it just made me think. Uh, and then I remember reading something from its uh, physician, Dr. Oliver Amison, excuse me, Uh, And he talked about his alcohol addiction, something that he chronicled in a book he wrote called The End of My Addiction. And he was saying, hey, he tried everything he knows available to try to uh, kick his addiction to alcohol. And one day he read an article about a man who was addicted to cocaine who treated his muscle spasms with a specific drug called baclofen. And so he said that he read where the person took these muscle relaxants uh, and it made the person want cocaine less. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to act in my own self-interest. This is not a medical study. I'm not doing a clinical trial or anything else. I want to kick my addiction to alcohol, and I think this might do it. I'm going to experiment on myself. And he did, and what he found is that it uh, relieved him of his craving for alcohol. And now, you know, there are about 18 million people in the United States who have an alcohol use disorder, as it's called, that can benefit from his acting in his own self-interest. So the combination of all these activities made me think that there must be some kind of connection between doing what's in our self-interest or our best interest and a resulting positive impact on other people. And if there is a positive impact on the other people, then there could potentially be an impact on their families, communities, society, etc., And on that note, we're going to let you think about that. While we go to break, we'll come back with more from Tab Edwards, so stay tuned. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Tab Edwards, and we're talking about acting in your own self-interest. And I have a question before we get started. You know, I always like to be sure we're on the same page. So what do you see as the difference in being self-interested, selfless, and selfish? Uh, you know, that's a good question because I think an answer to those questions will help people understand where I'm coming from when I say acting in our self-interest is the best thing that we can do not only for ourselves but for our families as well. Um, and there is a distinction, in my opinion, between the three. I'll start with selflessness uh, because, you know, you and I were talking and you mentioned something that I'd heard from several people, uh, from many people over the years as well, and that is, you know, people say it's always good to put the interests and the needs of others before those of ourselves. And they equate that to being selfless. Uh, you know, to be selfless, if you really think about the true definition and the true meaning of what it means to be selfless is to have little or no concern for one's own self. And I contend that that's not likely or is even possible. For example, can a sane and rational person just walk out into the highway traffic and have little or no regard for his or her own physical well-being? 
Um, yeah, I mean, is it even conceivable that a billionaire would just give away all of her money, her house, her cars, etc., and go to live on a refrigerator box in Skid Row? That's, I don't think that's rational, and I don't know that something like that is even possible. And if a person were to do some of those things and to truly act, quote, selflessly, then I will build an argument that uh, they're either insane or irrational. And I think things- I would agree with you before you have to build the argument. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and, and there's lots of research to support my contention here. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, I talk about that in the book, <clears throat> excuse me, that, you know, one of the, I, I talk about the whole notion that when we make decisions, we go through a decision-making process that I call the rational routing routine, the R3. We go through a decision-making process that we follow all the time, whether we're conscious about the process that we go through or not. But in the end, as we go through that process, and if we're acting in our self-interest, we will ultimately arrive at a decision that is truly in our self-interest. And one of the assumptions of my rational routing routine model that I developed is an assumption of sanity and an assumption that a person is being logical in the decision-making process. So to be selfless, in my opinion, is neither rational or sane, I could argue. Uh, So selflessness, uh, it may sound like a good idea, but I'm not sure if it's even possible. And that leaves us with selfish, being selfish versus being self-interested. And I'll, I'll sum this up really quickly. In my opinion, and if you look at, there's a lot of research out there to support this, uh, the main difference between being selfish and self-interested is when you're selfish, uh, you're concerned almost exclusively with your own self uh, and and your own advantages, your own pleasure, your own well-being without regard for other people. So the key is, the key is, the behavior of selfish people whether it's purposeful, accidental, unconscious, whatever it is, is often detrimental to other people, which means other people will be involved and other people will be impacted. Uh, so that's one of the differences between self... In my opinion, the main difference between selfish and self-interest is the involvement of other people. And I'll give you a quick example of something that I consider to be selfish versus self-interested how the same act can be considered either selfish or self-interested depending on whether or not the act impacts other people. And I, and I give this example in the book whereby let's assume that a man named Bob uh, goes to the bank. He's a married man with children. He goes to the bank and withdraws his family's entire life savings. He gets it in cash, and he takes it outside, and he sets it on fire. And the reason he sets it on fire is he says, hey, I love the, the smell of burning money, so I burned my family's entire fortune. Well, that would be considered a selfish act because he wanted to satisfy well one of his stupid. own desire. Yeah, he wanted to satisfy his own desire for the love of the smell of burning money, but that act negatively impacted his family and potentially his, family future move, his family's future moving forward. Now, let's take the same person, Bob. And let's say Bob goes to the same bank, withdraws his family's entire savings, puts it all in cash, and he takes it outside and burns it. The only difference this time is Bob's the only person left in the world. Well, if that's the case, same act. He can go burn the money and enjoy the smell of the burning money, but because it would not impact anyone else, then we could consider that to be in his self-interest because 
his act of burning his family's fortune, family's no longer around, he's the only person left in the world, his act of burning the money so that he can smell the smell of burning money and satisfy uh, an interest of his impacts no one else. So that would be considered self-interest. So the big difference between being selfish and self-interested is the impact that that act would have on other people. Exactly. And I hope the listeners are understanding that self-interest, we all have self-interest to some extent. And you know, keep an open mind about it. A lot of people will go right to, oh, I can't do that. That's you know, selfish. That's not who I am. But it's not selfish. It, it's really quite important. Yeah. You have very early in your book the story of your $5,000 suit. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. But... T- Tell us about, tell the, tell the listeners about that suit and why it's important uh, to you and to what you're purporting in this book. Uh, this will make sense. And, and I want to know what your wife said when you came home with a $5,000 suit. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I, I, I don't need to know that, but you know, the thought popped in my mind. Yeah, you know, there, there was a suit, and... You know, I really have an appreciation for really good quality clothing. And it goes back to many, many years ago when I was in college and I worked at a really high-end department store, and they had all these wonderful clothes that I couldn't afford. But whenever I could afford a piece when it was marked down on clearance, it was just the greatest thing. So I've always had an appreciation for really well-made quality clothing. Oh, I understand. (laughs) Then you can appreciate this story. I can. Uh, I did. So one day, you know, I'm flipping through a magazine, and I see this suit that is just, wow, it is one of the most beautiful suits I have ever seen. And I fantasized about owning that suit, and oh my goodness, how would that look on me when I'm standing on stage talking to an audience or working with a client or whatever? Uh, And I thought about that suit night and day, night and day, and I walked into a store one day, and what did I see? I saw the suit. I walked over to it. And it was in my size, and it was the only one left that they had in my size. Now, I'd looked for this suit uh, online and other, in other stores uh, over the months as well and could never find it in my size. Because in these types of suits, they only make certain sizes. Exactly. Uh, so I pick it up, and I try it on, and it's beautiful. The drape is amazing. And I look at the price tag, and it says $5,000 and change. And after I nearly choked, uh, I said, wow, yeah. but I, I, I really, really want this, this suit. So I kind of had this internal bat- battle with my inner self and my logical self. You know, my logical self said, wow, I've been looking for this suit for months. I couldn't find it in my size. I really want it. I've been dreaming about it for months, and I really want to own it. And for me right now to walk away from this suit sitting right here on this rack, it would kind of be the you know, my Casablanca will always have Paris moment. With the and maybe suit. it's the only suit like that in your size in the whole world. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm thinking. Wow, I'll never have this opportunity again. And so, you know, my inner self, you know, it, really, this is what I'm thinking about. There was something in me that said, hey, well, look, you know, since you want to talk in movie quotes, I suggest you channel your inner Curtis Miles Armstrong uh, in that 1983 movie, Risky Business, Tom Cruise's sidekick was his buddy named Miles. And he said to Jim, to Tom Cruise in the movie, well, sometimes you just got to say, what the, hmm? Uh, <laughs> yep. Go ahead and buy the suit. 
And I did. I said, what the heck? And I bought the suit and a pair of shoes to go with it. But when I bought the suit, I put it on. I had a big seminar coming up. I put it on, and I felt like a million bucks. And because I felt like a million bucks, I believed other people thought that I looked good in the suit. I was probably wrong, but I thought they thought I looked good in the suit. And oh, my no, belief they probably that, did. No, seriously, they probably did. I would hope so, because it cost five grand. Yeah, betcha. <laughs> but my, belief my guess that I, is that that was one of the best presentations you ever made. It absolutely was. It's, you know, your perception is 100% correct. It was one of, if not the best sessions I've ever given, and I've given hundreds over the years around the world. And, I, you know, I just felt so good, and I felt confident, and I believe that other people thought that I looked in control and primarily due to the suit. Uh, well, to come to find out that the executives that hired me to deliver this uh, session at their sales seminar, you know, he got back to me a little bit later and said, hey, look, the session you, you provided, you know, the people really tuned in. They took your recommendations to heart. They went out and executed some of the things you recommended. It helped them perform well. And when they performed well, they sold more stuff. And as they sold more stuff, the company made more money. When we make more money, it gave us an opportunity to hire more people. And, of course, when they have an opportunity to hire more people, then other people have an opportunity to support their families. They pay more taxes. Communities thrive, etc. And I like to think that, you know, my purchase of that single suit, acting in my self-interest to buy the suit, and I did weigh the pros and cons because there are a lot of other things I could have done with the $5,000, but I simply said, hey, it won't really hurt my family that much. We won't starve. Uh, you know, it'll be tough, but we wouldn't starve. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And by my acquisition of that suit, acting in my self-interest to buy it, made me perform better. When I performed better, other people perceived that my performance was stronger, and they put, gave me a modicum of credibility that I may not have had otherwise. And they took my recommendations to heart. They went out and performed better. As they performed better, their company performed better. When the company performed better, communities uh, are enhanced. Ultimately, society benefits. It contributes to the common good. And my purchase of the suit, I like to think, contributed to the goodness of the entire world to some degree. You know, I will have to agree with you. And my guess that your return on that investment is far more than what you put into it. On that note, we need to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Tab Edwards, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Is there a real magic formula for success, or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer, to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Tab Edwards. Uh, He's a businessman who's written a book called... Uh, chocolate, I already forgot what's chocolate here. <laughs> Pepper. <laughs> Help me, Dab. I, uh, my cho- mind chocolate went, peppers. Chocolate peppers. My mind just went absolutely <laughs> blank, which it does now and then. It doesn't usually do it in the middle of the radio show, but it's a really fantastic read. Uh, lots of good information, lots of humor, and I highly recommend it. But before we get into this segment, even though I couldn't remember the name of the book, tell us how we can find you. How can the listeners find you on the Internet, uh, get your book? Uh, There are a couple different ways. Um, One uh, way is to go to the book's website, which is chocolatepeppers.com, chocolatepeppers.com, or they can go to my website, which is tabedwards, T-A-B, edwards.com. Uh, in both ways, you can find out what the latest information is, uh, any books that I may have written, other freebies, or get a get a get a hold of me. And if you forget that, go to the go to the self improvement blog. You'll find his link underneath his bio, um, and you can order the book there if you want to. But you know, if you're interested in in developing this idea of working in your own self interest, this is the book to to get. This is the go-to book for that. I don't know that I've seen very many. Um, this one is a, is a delightful read. Getting back to the book, you state of the ten different things that a person does on any given day, only one, one is the person's own intrinsic choosing. The other nine are externally influenced this is irrational. This is irrational. 
The result of this irrational behavior is unhappiness, misery, and non-fulfillment. Now, if we're only making one rational decision, one that's intrinsic to us, what are the other nine based on? And what's what's an intrinsic decision? Yeah, well... First, uh, an intrinsic decision is a decision that we decide we will make based on our own self-interest. And how we decide something is in our own self-interest is something that we need to do to satisfy a fundamental need. Um, You know, Abraham Maslow, he of Maslow's hierarchy of needs fame, you know, he basically says that everything we do is geared towards satisfying some need. And therefore, everything that we do as we do it to satisfy a need is in our self-interest. So if we sleep and we eat, those are in our self-interest. When we're thirsty, we drink, that's in our self-interest as well. Because we need to do those things to satisfy some basic needs before we can think about satisfying the needs that will make us more fulfilled, or as he calls it, achieve self-actualization. But one of the reasons that I found that, you know, of those ten things, only one is of our own self-intrinsic uh, choosing and in our own self-interest is the reason that people decide to do that. And people are reluctant to act self-interestedly interestedly for a few different reasons, the primary reasons being fear. Wow, if I do this, what are the consequences? Guilt, oh, if I go to the movie with my girlfriends tonight, little Bobby will have to get his own lunch this afternoon and I'd feel terrible about that. Uh, remorse, and concern for the reputation. And fear is the most predominant. Uh, But, you know, there's even been research uh, and a biological reason for social conformity. When I say social conformity, I mean the reason that people will elect not to do something because of what other people may perceive as being selfish or have a negative perception or it could negatively impact their reputation. Um, uh, you know, the biological reason basically suggests that, you know, conformity and the opinion, uh, the opinion of other people have of us, it activates uh, the same brain functions as receiving a reward. So in other words, the more that we are influenced by the opinions of other people, the greater this reward experience that people receive. So, you know, there are a lot of things that make it tough for people to act in their own self-interest, and ultimately, more often than not, they will defer to the external influences and do the things that other people expect of them, as opposed to the things that they genuinely want to do and believe to be in their own self-interest. Let me ask you this. Do you think uh, everybody has a clear idea of what their own self-interest is? No. Uh, It's a very good question. You know, there was a survey done several years ago uh, by Nielsen, I believe it was, and, and I do have the research cited in the book. Uh, there was a survey done which asked people, do you think it's a bad thing to act in your own self-interest? And the majority of people said, yes, it's bad to act in your own self-interest, but one of the things that you will find out as you dig deeper into the research is that the research designers never made it clear what acting in your self-interest means. They never differentiated being self-interested versus being selfishness. Uh, so the people responding drew a correlation between acting self-interested and acting selfishly. And therefore, the majority of the responses you come to find out 
is people's perception of whether or not it's a bad thing to act selfishly, and of course most people think that that is a bad idea. So it goes to your question, which is people don't really understand what it means to be to act self-interested. You know, self-interested simply means you know, I'm going to do something because I have a genuine need to do it, I want to do it, or I want to do it because it'll make me happy. Uh, and what I'm going to do because it'll make me happy, I'm going to do it for me, and it doesn't negatively impact anyone else. That's self-interest. Selfish is, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to do what I want to do for me, and it's going to negatively impact everybody else, but so what? Forget them. Well, that's selfish. That's so selfish. People don't know the difference, and I think that's one of the major drivers as to why we have a negative uh, perception of a stigma associated with self-interested behavior. Yeah, you talk in the book a lot about, and it runs all through the book, about the chain of self-interest. Can you yeah. give us a thumbnail of what this is and why it's important? I don't want to give away too much about the book, but I think this is such an important concept. And they're going to have to read the book to really understand the totality of this piece. Sure. Uh, you know, earlier I talked about me purchasing the suit and the benefit that it ultimately had on other people and how that benefited their company, etc. Um, you know, that whole thing is part of what I initially called, you know, self-interest supposition, where I was just kind of kicking around the idea that, hmm, by acting in one's own self-interest, it'll benefit the person who acted in their self-interest because it'll make them happier. And when a person is happy, there's research that shows that a person's happiness can spread to six degrees away or to reach 30-plus other people and, of course, impact their own happiness. So happiness spreads, and there are lots of benefits associated with being happy. I won't go into it here. But by acting in my self-interest, I made myself happy. When I'm happy, my family can be happier because they will feed off of my happiness. Uh, and when people are happier, we're healthier, we perform better, etc. My happiness affects and impacts other people. Their happiness impacts other people up to six degrees of separation away. When people are happier, we cooperate more. We get involved in more pro-social behaviors. In other words, things that are good for society. That contributes to the common good. And by improving the common good, the world becomes better if enough people can engage in that type of behavior. That was my supposition. So the chain of self-interest is based off that. And what the chain of self-interest says is this. Okay, I have a need, and I need to satisfy this need. Whether we're talking about Abraham Maslow saying that, you know, we do things because we want to satisfy needs like hunger, thirst, etc., uh, or whether it's Thorndike who says that all our behavior is geared toward receiving some reward, whatever. I have a need and I need to satisfy it. In order for me to satisfy this need, I am presented with several options that will suffice. And I'm going to select an option. And that option that I select will either be an option that I believe is in my self-interest and doesn't negatively impact anyone else, or it can be an action that I elect to take that if I did it, it would be harmful for someone else. So I'm going to take the, act the action that's in my self-interest, which means it doesn't negatively impact anyone else, and when I act self-interestedly, I'm going to satisfy that intrinsic need that I have that led me on this course to make a decision in the first place. And when I satisfy a need, I'm providing myself with pleasure, I'm making myself healthier, I'm making myself happier. That happiness spreads to other people. It provides them with happiness. When people are happier, we cooperate more, so it leads to cooperation. 
When people cooperate, they engage in more pro-social behavior. That contributes to the common good. In other words, things that are good for the majority of the people, if not all. And when the common good is made better, if this can spread broadly enough, then it contributes, even if ever so slightly, to the betterment of the world. So that's the chain of self-interest. Satisfying I, I get in mind the ripples. The world. No, I get in mind the ripples and. Excuse me. I keep. I get the image of ripples in the water that just keep going out. Um, oh, I like that. Wider and wider, and you know, everybody starts the chain again, so it just keeps going out. And on that note, it's time to go to break. This is Irene Conlon. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Tab Edwards in just a moment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the Best-Kept Secrets for Success in Business and Life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business. Voice America will donate a portion of every copy sold to the USO. Visit gettingitdone.com and enter promo code VA1234 at checkout to get a 10% discount. That's gettingitdone.com, promo code VA1234 for a 10% discount today. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Tab Edwards, who's written the book called Chocolate Peppers, with the tagline, why acting in your own self-interest is good for you, your loved ones, society, and the world. And I really recommend that you read this. It, it, it has a lot to say. It's very helpful, and it's also fun to read. I found myself laughing out loud a lot of times uh, reading this book. Tab, you talk about guilty pleasures, and you talk about making a guilty pleasure list what is it? Well, it's pretty obvious what he is, what it is. But you know, elaborate on that, and why do we need one? Yeah, um, you know, and I'll keep this really quick. Um, in the book, I talk about you know uh, five you know strategy for enjoying yourself and being better and right. you know, living less miserably, etc. 
And I talk about five things in the book. And one of the things I talk about is you have to force yourself to be happy whether you, whether you like it or not. Um, I love that line. <laughs> and one of the things to support that forcing yourself to be happy is I say create a guilty pleasure list. Or you want to call it a self-interest list or you want to call it a what-the-heck list, whatever you call it. Um, but what you do is you just brainstorm all the things that you want or that you have ever wanted to genuinely do, things you wanted to do for yourself. Like a bucket Develop a list. list. And then uh, you start whittling down that list. You rank the activities. Hey, I want to do this most, so this is one, and I want to do this least. It's number 50. And ultimately, by going through that process, you're going to wind up with a list of things that you genuinely want or have ever wanted to do. And every month, do one thing on that list. Uh, so that's a guilty pleasure list. And I call it guilty pleasure because some of the things you decide to do, you may have in the past neglected to do because, oh, but you know, I won't be home for little Bobby's lunchtime and he'll feel terrible if I did something for myself. It forces you to get over those fears and get over that stigma of acting self-interested because you associate it with being selfish uh, and to ultimately do the things that make you happier. And you will find that after a few months of doing this, you are a much happier person. Uh, so, women, it's okay to have your spa day. And, guys, head for the golf course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is that you enjoy now and then. Yeah. And, ladies, look, if there's a you know, movie, a, ro- movie, a romance movie in the theaters that you want to go to, but your husband doesn't want to go, go by yourself. Go. <laughs> Call a <laughs> you're, friend. You're, go. You have <laughs> to be responsible for your own happiness, and you can't let the fact that hubby does not want to go to see the romance movie with you deter you from going to see it and getting the pleasurable experience that you will likely get from seeing the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if he wants to watch football and you want to watch ice skating, don't you have two TVs? Can't you go into another room and watch what you want to watch? Yeah. You know, you know, if you have one TV, okay. tell him, get out. I'm watching ice skating, but there's a sports bar around the corner. Oh, I like that idea. Hadn't thought about that one. That's good. <laughs> you, you, got it, you got it from an authority, ladies. You heard it here first. You, you have two... Um, Decision-making tools. We talked a little bit about the other one, rational routing routine, and then you have the pepper tree. Most of us who are not in corporate America, uh, even people in small business, don't necessarily have a decision-making tool. How important is it to use one of these? I see it as important in, in huge decisions, but not in everyday stuff. But, I, you know, that's me. Yeah, you know, and the pepper tree work chart, or the pepper tree as I call it, it is a decision, to your point, uh, to help you make decisions about everyday things. Um, and it is only a tool to help you. It can be a fun tool to use, uh, but what the tool provides is an easy-to-use if-then-why tool. In other words, if I did this, then this is the result, uh, and why, you know, there can be lots of, lots of different answers to why. Uh, then why would I do it? Why wouldn't I do it? Why would I get this result if I did it, et cetera? And ultimately, it's a tool that, you know, once you go through the process, you'll come up with a number, like a score on an exam between 0 and 80. Uh, and if you get above a 40, then chances are those are things that are likely in your, be- in your self-interest, and you might want to consider doing those things. If you get a real low score, chances are you may want to reconsider doing those things because it could be more selfish than self-interested. And the way the tool works very quickly, it asks you several questions such as, um, you know, you, you are about to make a decision to take an action. 
why are you making the consideration? It has to be based on a need or something that you just want to do. Uh, and then what type of need is being addressed? And we provide a work chart. It's free on the website, chocolatepeppers.com. I have uh, it in front the, of me, and it's Okay, it's a big size. There's also one very in the book. Very thorough. Oh, thank you. It's There's also one, one of the, the book. most common-sense approach to decision-making I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it just forces you to think about a few things, like, okay, you want to do this? Why do you want to do it? Is it like something you need to do or something you want to do? Uh, what type of need are you, you know, trying to address? An important need or not so important? What is the value that you're going to get out of making the choice? If you're going to get a lot of value or not much value at all, uh, will it have an impact on you being better down the road? Uh, and we also provide an explanation for all these different stages of the tool. Uh, do you have any experience with this type of decision? If you have lots of experience, you typically know the outcome. What is the expected amount of pleasure that you hope to derive from the activity in which you're about to engage? Uh, what is the risk? What is the impact on your happiness? What is the impact that you making this decision will have on other people? Uh, and then you add up a score. Each one of those has a score, 1 to 10, and you add, or 0 to 10. You add up the scores, and you see what the scores look like. You know, I've developed this over a couple of years, and it does typically come up with a, you know, it helps you come up with a rational way to determine if something is probably not a bad idea to engage in or if it's probably worth considering. Well, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly a guide to help you make a decision that you can stand on. You know, either whether you say yes or no, you know, you can go either way. And it makes it pretty clear why yeah, I think so. you're making I think this so. decision this way. You know, oh, it would be really good for me, but wow, it would wipe out my kids. You know, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. It, I, you know, it's good. I just encourage the listeners to get it. Um, we have someone on the line who wants to ask a quick question. That okay with you, Tab? Oh, wow, sure. We just, okay. It has to be quick because we're right at the end. Yes, I'll make it very quick. This is Dean calling, and and uh, this is a very interesting conversation. I was wondering how all of this makes you, you know, how do you become a better person um, through, oh, through uh, practicing some of this? Uh, wow, that is a good question. Um, in the book, and, you know, we, we're wrapping up, so I'll make this quick. In the book, I talk about five different stages for being better. One is to develop uh, something that you ultimately want to aspire to. Avoid falling into the misery traps, and I list the misery traps in the book. Force yourself to be happier, whether you like it or not. I talked about that earlier. Do not let others define you or your actions. I talk about R.G. Lord's famous quote, which is, if I didn't define myself for myself, I'd be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. In other words, other people will define you. They'll control your actions. You'll be miserable. And the fifth thing I talk about is don't define yourself compared to others. Your neighbor has a Jaguar and you drive a Yugo. Don't be jealous of your neighbor. You know, that's your neighbor's success. You strive to be better. You try to get your own uh, Jaguar. And if you can't, be happy with the Yugo. Uh, so the details are in the book, but it's a good question, and thank you for asking. Thank you, Dean. We appreciate your call. Tab, we're right up to the end of the show. I think we're going to have to uh, use your tips for being better as your message to leave with the audience. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Next week's guest is Anamik Dow. He, she's going to be talking to us from Amsterdam about the 21 layers of the soul. I'm intrigued by that, and I hope you will be too. Tab, thank you so much for being with us today. 
Irene, and once again, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It was delightful, and I hope we get to have you back again. Anytime. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Tab Edwards, saying thank you for being with us today and come come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.